It is Monday, July 18th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by these guys, Shady Rays. Not only the best-looking shades in the entire business, but when you break them or when you lose them, they will replace them. I am Chris Rose, joined as always by my man Trevor Plouffe. We've got producer Rob and intern Alden along for the ride as well. It was a very busy weekend as we officially started the Midsummer Classic out here in our home of Los Angeles, California. We had a beautiful John Boy party last night that came at the conclusion of the MLB draft, which we will break down momentarily. But let me see those eyes. Do you need to hide them with your JD Rays? Are you okay? Dude, you know what? I was very responsible last night. So, yeah, like I sound not great, but that's only because I was, t- I'm tired. Like, yeah. I didn't drink a lot last night. I-, I planned that because I know we have some days ahead of us. You can't just let it all go on night one. So, I was responsible enough. Definitely tired, but you know what, man? I'll get the I'll get the energy. I'll bring it today, C Rose. Even if you don't got it, I'll I'll oh. take it from here and freaking bring it up, bro. You stop. Oh, I got plenty from there. I got plenty <laughs> in reserve right there. So um, yeah, it was a really fun party we had last night. It was good to see all of our coworkers out here on the West Coast. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. They've got a couple of kick-ass houses in Hollywood Hills, which is really cool. We'll be hanging out there over the next couple of days. Yes. Who was your party MVP last night? If you had to, if you had to pick one, I got to tell you, I thought Michelle Rose handled herself beautifully wow. on her birthday. That Although she true. did just wake up this morning. She goes, how many drinks did I have? <laughs> That's always a fun one. When your wife asks you that question. Yeah, I think to no one's surprise, Joe's McFly is thriving out in Hollywood. Yes. Jake yes. also is thriving out here. I'm very scared to lose Jake. I, I just you're not like losing. He's going to get lost. I don't he's know. He's not. You're not losing. Well, he's so small, too. Well, that part, physically, we might lose him. <laughs> he might end up somewhere in somebody's pocket. But that's the, that's the only concern is that every actor in Hollywood's like 5'5". Five, five. Jeff Passan, by the way. Let's just yes. start out the little draft. You know, you want to ask me about how the draft went. I'll tell you, Jeff Passan and I became best friends. Oh, that's so we sweet. like bonded. Okay. There was always a little bit of like tension mm-hmm. between us, you know, two alphas, I guess you could say, going at it. Hmm. Uh, but yesterday we bonded, man. And I'll say this they like to call him a short king. He's not that short. He's like not five nine. He's like yeah. five nine. Love it. So we yeah. bonded uh, a lot of other cool people with their crime dog. My guy, Fred McGriff. Was, oh, yes. I just uh, he was my guy growing up. He was always on those commercials and like, I don't know. He's just that was my guy. So I yeah. got to meet him yesterday and it was I just talked his ear off. He's probably so uh, did you talk to him about the Tom Amansky video? Is that what you talked to him about? Tom Amansky videos were there. We talked about getting him into the Hall of Fame. Oh, and I said, God. you got to come on our shows. Let's promote you, man. Yes, I'm in. I'd He's love in. to do a sit down with his phone number. Dog. C-Rose. How All about right. that? I love it. Let's let's make it work. All right, let's get to this. And it's the reason I'm wearing the Washington Nationals lid. Sorry, Nats fans, cover your ears. Um, we, we got a report out there, several of them, that Juan Soto has turned down a $440 million extension. When you first heard it, uh, what was your reaction? It's a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, how could you not think that first? That's what makes you the best analyst in the biz. I know. Mean- Cheers that's but that's what they wanted i think i think that's the point is they wanted people to say 440 million how are you turning this down but then you start to break it down and there's a couple of things that you know money wise the aav is not where you kind of want it to be it comes out to like Mm 29.3 million a year obviously people we know that's still a lot of money but we're talking about a generational talent 
who probably wants to set the market for position players, which I think Trout holds at you know, 35 and change. He's got Boris as his agent. You have to remember that. But I think the biggest thing, and, and I don't fault Juan for you know, turning this down because like, he doesn't know what this team is going to be like. He has a, a, essentially like a lame duck ownership. They want to sell the team. So now you're, you're saying, I'm going to give you 15 years of my life. Who's buying this team? What direction are we going to be? Am I just going to be sitting here for 15 years? You know, yeah, counting checks, you know, sitting on a pile of money. But like, what's, what about my baseball career? Am I just going to get walked a million times every single year? So I think there's that has to come into play. And I think it's brilliant for the Nationals ownership to offer him this and try to sign him up. I'm sure it's backloaded, too, because if you're uh, we saw this with Jeffrey Loria and the Marlins when he wanted to sell the teams, you lock your superstar up. He did it with Stanton and he backloaded that deal. So I think that's kind of the blueprint here with what the Nationals, the learners are trying to do. Hey, let's lock this guy up, backload it. So a new owner comes in. We have this generation's Ted Williams here for you. You know, like that's what they want. I don't know if they're going to get that, but um, it's definitely, I mean, you got, it's a lot to think about. It's a, it's a very complex situation in Washington. So a few things here. Um, somebody, I saw somebody tweet. Why, why do we even know about this? Why did somebody put the dollar figure out? Because Washington's trying to save face. What they're trying to yes. tell their fans are that we are doing our best to keep the best player that we've, arguably ever had right the best hitter we've ever had we know we've let guys like Bryce Harper and Anthony Rendon walk we've traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner yes we kept Steven Strasburg and we apologize because he's been banged up for three years but what they're saying is we're trying our best if you you just have to look at it from Juan Soto's standpoint here and I know everybody's saying well I don't need 440 million dollars to make me happy like you can tell me where to play for 440 million dollars Folks, you and I are not Juan Soto. Mm -mm. We just aren't. We aren't that good at what we do for a living. So imagine being 23 years old, being two and a half years from free agency, being able to perhaps dictate. Maybe you're not going to know exactly how much money you make, but you've got a neighborhood, an idea of where you where you're going to end up and where you could physically go. You could probably pick a team. Even if it's not over the next two and a half years, you could still guide your ship by age 26. Would you do that? You know, Would we you talked do about all this. that? We talked about this yesterday at the draft. A bunch of you know, old heads and I were talking yes. about the game, right? And I say this, that's a term of endearment sometimes, sometimes not. That one was, okay? I love all these guys. Freddie Mitchell was there. Jermaine Dye, like Wait, Freddie, Freddie Mitchell, Sanders. Freddie no, Reggie Sanders. I said that. Yeah, but Freddie Mitchell, you, the old Eagles receiver. Who's the guy for the Giants? Why am I forget? Yeah. Oh, Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell? Did I say Freddie Mitchell? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Stop sorry. I you look needed... bad. All right. No, 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 no. I just needed to know who we were talking about. I'm not trying to make you look God, bad. I'm actually really mad I messed that up because I was talking to him all day yesterday. But a lot of those guys are like, how do you turn that down? 440. Right. So, I mean, they're like, you can make yourself happy with $440 million. A lot of things you could do. You could buy happiness. But I, 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 this is what I think. I think Juan Soto knows that if he just plays ball, that money's still there. Like, still they there. offer you that money now. It's going to still be there, whether it comes in two years in free agency or whether they're going to make another run at you in the offseason, whatever it is. Like, he knows what he's worth, and he's very confident that he's going to be able to continue to play at this level. I don't think anybody doubts that. So, yeah, you're right. <clears throat> For him, then it becomes, what's my legacy? 
you know, what's my future in this game? You know, can I win another World Series? Or am I going to be sitting here with a team that does nothing? I don't think he wants that at all. He's too competitive. And, you know, a guy like that, they, he got a taste. He won this championship. He mm-hmm. wants it again and again and again. Well, there's three words. How could you turn down that much money? Because he can. This is the floor. I'm telling you, 440, in my opinion, is the floor. And even if it's a little less, for him to know that he's going to be backed by an ownership group that will try year in and year out, whether that's the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Mets, because those are the three ownership groups I think that I would trust the most right now. Like if I were to sign on with San Diego, I know they like to spend money, but I don't know if they could get it done. There's a couple other teams that you think you feel good about, but you're not 100% certain. You know, there might be a St. Louis out there, um, maybe in Atlanta. I, I don't know. Let, let's talk short term. Okay. Do you think he gets traded in the next two weeks or no? I do not. I don't either. I think this is a thing that happens in the offseason. Yeah, I think it'll get figured out in the offseason. I think they're going to make another run at him. I mean, they increased, they were at 13, 350 in, the, in, in spring training. Then they went mm-hmm. to 15, 440. So it's been essentially, you know, uh, two more years and 100 million more dollars, 90 million more dollars. Like, you know, I think there's more there for them if he wants to be in, in Washington or he can just let the situation play out himself. But I don't think there's a trade package freaking big enough to go get this guy. And honestly, oh, I if is. I was a team, I would I would give up a ton of my prospects to bring in Juan Soto because you're hoping your prospects become a third of what mm-hmm. Juan Soto is. I, I don't think there's anybody that watches him that doesn't think he's going to Cooperstown, right? We we both think that at age 23, like as long as he stays healthy, his ability will end up with a plaque, right? Do we agree? Yeah. Yes. Have you have we ever had a trade for a 23-year-old bona fide future Hall of Famer? No. And you know what's funny is I saw this scenario. There, I was reading articles talking about what kind of scenarios. Like, there's no trade package that you could get that would like suit Juan Soto necessarily. But what about they were saying like bona fide star for bona fide star? Would you what would the nationals do like a uh Soto for Tatis and would Padres do that? Wow. Uh, Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? Because San Diego and Tatis, like, I don't know how their relationship is, but, like, they've seen some things. He's been hurt, like, doing dumb things, like riding a motorcycle. Like, If you're uh, Washington, you have to take a couple of young guys, too, though. It can't just be Tatis, which is insane to think. But because of the... Injury. You get your guy. You get your guy that you want to. This, this they're worried about selling the team. So you get your superstar. I know. Yeah. Hey, throw throw a couple more in. Sure. Well, that's the thing. You need a couple of guys just to say, hey, so that we can get out of this rut. Because where the Nationals are right now ain't a pretty place. Not a good Major League Baseball team. Not a good farm system. Are the Padres better with Juan Soto than they are with Fernando Tatis? Assuming both are healthy and playing. I think so. I just think that he is such a generational bat. He changes the complexion of your lineup when you have guys like Manny Machado and Jake Cronworth. Like the Nationals don't have that in their lineup. I don't know. Fernando Tatis is a career 965 OPS guy. I get it. 
I understand. I think we're, yeah, we need to get this guy back playing. My gosh, Fernando, we're forgetting oh, how good you are. Come on, man. All right, we got to move on. We'll move through a few of these rather quickly. Biggest news of the weekend. Mariners become the first team ever to win 14 straight going into the All-Star break. Unbelievable. Chris Sale breaks his pinky on his throwing hand. I don't know. Alex Cora says he thinks he's coming back at some point this season. We will see. Or the White Sox take three of four up there in Minnesota, and now three teams in the AL Central are separated by only three games. Well, these are all great storylines. I'm sick of talking about the Mariners and all the Mariners fans coming at me. You guys win. You guys win. My goodness. I, I honestly think Hold on. Before this... we move on. Okay. Can you just say I was wrong? I was wrong. I apologize. I, I saw you guys die, though. It's like one, in the movies. You're dead. I thought you were dead, but. It was a horror checked. flick. They're back. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> um, it's the sale thing to me, you know, because I. You know, the, the Red Sox have already kind of been, I don't want to say floundering, but they're hovering, I think, three games over 500 now. They got a bunch of guys on the IL. Um, and they're kind of, they have to look themselves in the mirror and say, can we, maybe we can make the postseason, but are we going to like do anything in the postseason? Because if they can, if they say, hey, if they can look themselves in the mirror and say, we're probably are not going to do anything in the postseason. And there's a chance they can, but I think if you realistically look at the roster, you'd say, I don't know how far we can take this team in the postseason. Then you have to start thinking about, well, are we sellers then? Mm. We got a lot of guys that are we got a lot of guys that are free agents at the end of the year. So and game if, changers at that, by the way. Yeah. So Chris Sale, like, you know, hey, he's coming back. He's gonna stabilize the rotation. You could dream upon that, and then boom, he's out. And now I don't think they're that reactionary where it's like, okay, we're for sure selling now, but you it enters. Bloom's uh mind for sure. Like, dude, out another starter, like how far can this team go? I think they have to really evaluate themselves, you know, in the next couple of days and then make a real decision. And if they come to the conclusion that they don't think they can do it this year, they're going to sell everybody, man. Cause why wouldn't you? Right now they're not in the wild card picture. They're yeah. on the outside looking in. And I said it, whether it was last week or the week before that Boston could be a problem come playoff time. Because I don't know if there's a better two, three, four than Devers, Bogertz, and JD Martinez. I just think that that's a lot of experience, a lot of know how, and a lot of talent. Um, I said all that was contingent on Chris Sale returning to Chris Sale. And we didn't even know that, you know, what he looks like because he's throws, thrown so few innings since 2019. Well, you know, he had a great first start against Tampa Bay. And then yesterday, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you, you weren't probably watching. You were probably. Having brunch with all of the uh, dignitaries, getting Mitchell. ready with Kevin Mitchell. Very good. Uh, by the way, he's a former league MVP. That's why I just needed to get that. I, I, um, I feel terrible. Way. He's a stud. So, yeah, he, I used to hate him because he played for the Giants, and I was like, you know, it's a Dodger fan. He also was a Met. You know, he scored yeah. the game tying run in Game Six of the '86 World Series as a kid, as a pup. Um, but anyway. You know, we just didn't know what Chris Sale was going to look like. And then I'm watching yesterday when he takes that line drive off the pinky and comes out like dangling like Ugh! I was like, oh, shit, it was incredible. So, yeah, that's that's the biggest story. That is far and away the biggest story. What a bummer. It's a, a bummer, bummer, man, because they, they got hot, got back in the race after a slow start and everyone's like, OK, here's Boston. This is going to be mm-hmm. great. And maybe they go on another run. I don't know, man. But I just think if you really look at all the rosters, I think there is a decision that needs to be made. 
hey, whether you like them or not, the sport's better when they're in it. You know, they're an interesting storyline. It's that simple. And I don't know if they're going to be in it for the long haul. Well, baseball today presented to you by these guys, Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but one thing I love about them. You hear me talk about it every day on this show. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So that means if you sit on them in your car, if you're in the ocean, all of a sudden they fly off your face and you can't find, like, don't dive underwater. They will replace them. It is the best combination of performance, of style, of fit, and they take care of you. I love that. In fact, even with the crazy protection program, Shady Rays can tell you these shades have some of the best quality. They fit perfectly on my face. And think of it this way. If I look these this good in them, imagine what they're going to do for you and your game out there. On top of everything else with Shady Rays, Every purchase warms your heart. You're probably thinking, Rose, what are you talking about? Well, Shady Rays provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order that you make. And to date, they've donated more than 20 million meals. So you're doing yourself a favor by putting these things on the bridge of your nose, and you're doing a bunch of Americans a really good favor by just purchasing them. Oh, one other thing. I have yet to meet anybody who's like, those Shady Rays suck. But if for some reason you don't like them, money back guarantee in the first 30 days. All that stuff is really good. So I want you to go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code word today right now. You're going to get 50% off two plus pairs of premium polarized shades. That is ShadyRays.com. Use the code word today. I'll see you looking like this in no time. All right, let's move on to the MLB draft, which was really fascinating yesterday. I thought the look was really cool. I liked having it. I wish more kids would show up. We've got to figure out a way where kids can keep their eligibility and still show up so we could have at least 20 potential first rounders there as it was. I think there were eight and it was great to see their reactions and getting the hugs and the hats and the jerseys and all that sort of stuff. As for the draft, we had Major League Baseball, uh, the kids of major leaguers taking center stage. Jackson Holiday goes one to Baltimore. Drew Jones goes two out to Arizona. But the whole draft shook when the Texas Rangers took Kumar Rocker third overall. He will be reunited with his former Vanderbilt teammate, Jack Leiter. Uh, If you're the Rangers fans, are you pumped up for this or are you a little bit timid because you just drafted a dude who might have a messed up shoulder? I think you should be pumped up. I really do. Uh, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I think he's he's close to big league ready. Like this is a guy you might see, you know, early next year. And I think if you look at their timeline, that's kind of what they're thinking. Next year, the year after that, they want they wanted someone to come up in this rotation sooner than later. Uh, that's kind of what they need. You know, they have had really a really tough time with their starters this year. So I'm excited because I think he's close to the big leagues, and also because. And I heard this while I was at the draft, little little tidbits for you guys, Ooh. that he was being shopped as, hey, we'll take less than slot value. He wanted to go ahead of where he went last year. That's a that's a Boris thing. So I, I was hearing that he, he was going to take less than slot value. And then John Heyman this morning uh, said that he's in agreed to terms with a $5.2 million bonus, which is two, two and a half or $2.3 million under slot. But more than he would have gotten as a 10th pick last year, I believe. Yes. So, no, now they have this money. And, and if somebody falls, they can use that money uh, in the draft. So I think it was a savvy move by the Rangers. And also, 
a move out of like necessity almost like they want, they need big league starting pitching. I think he's close to big league ready. So the Rangers are going to lose some picks, um, some top heavy picks because of the signings that they had of Seager and Simeon. And they feel like they need to get guys who are going to be close, right? Jack Leiter has kind of been sped through that system. He hasn't been great so far this year, but he did pitch in the futures game and, and obviously showed the sort of talent that made him the second overall pick a year ago. When I heard his name, I was like, holy shit, this thing just took a turn. Everyone this, did. Yeah. And uh, I mean, was there like a collect a collective gasp when that happened? Yeah, I think because it, it shook up the order that was going to happen. Like, you right. know, first it was Drew Jones was probably supposed to go number one. Then a holiday ends up going there. Arizona was kind of surprised with that, but they knew they were getting one of those guys. Right. But then the third pick, a lot of people were thinking there was a catcher named Kevin Parada that might go there. Um, and once Kumar's name got announced, I think all the teams were like, okay, now like this changes kind of everything, but I'm, I'm happy for him. I think the Rangers made a good pick. Yeah. It's worth a risk. I mean, you just don't know. It's why it's, he looks you know, good. And he looks, his numbers are great. His heaters at, you know, hitting 99, like it's I know 30 it's, innings I, though. And I, it's also, it's independent ball too. No offense. Right. right. What, what is for people that aren't familiar with the level of independent ball? How would you grade it out as opposed to like division one? What, where, where are we? Oh, that? it's higher than that. Um, you know, and I've never played independent ball, so I don't want to like say I'm an expert there, but I would say it's right around like a double A. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think most people would admit it's a double A. Every once in a while, you get a few guys there that are, you know, got some real good stuff or they're really good hitters that just need an opportunity. But I would say, yeah, du- double A. It would scare me a little bit. I'm, I mean, there's no question about it. If I'm a Rangers fan waking up, there is the excitement of having those two guys possibly at the top of your rotation for the next several years. But it does scare you because when you pick third overall, you feel like you've got to have a stud. You have to. But there's guys, go back and look at the drafts from 10, 15 years ago. You're going to be like, I don't recognize any of these names. There's a bunch of guys in the top 10 who never make it to the show. It just happens. I tell people that all the time when you're talking about prospects and, and draft picks. I'm like, look, same thing with you said about draft picks and the rounds and going back and looking and, you know, did these guys make it? Go look at the top 10 prospect list from five years ago and see where those guys are. There's probably one of them that's still in the big leagues, maybe two. You know, it's that's why you give up everything for one soda. <laughs> right. It's exactly it, to be honest with I you. Know. I mean, that's a that's a thousand percent accurate. I'm trying to bring up the uh, 2017 draft. Is five years enough time to kind of figure out how we do? I would go further back than that because some guys will just be breaking into the big leagues now if you're a, if you're a high school draft year or All something. Right. So let's say, say two, 2014. 2014 MLB draft. I'm bringing this up real quick. Okay. All right. So that was the year that Brady Aiken went first. That's all you need to know right there. Yeah, right there. Brady Aiken, a guy who was drafted twice in the first round, the first time by Houston uh, and then by Cleveland, and he never made it. Uh, have you ever heard of the name Tyler Kolek? Nope. Second overall pick by the Marlins mm. out of Shepherd High School in Texas. Maybe I've now, heard of him. Now it gets kind of interesting. Rodon, three to the White Sox. Schwarber, four to the Cubs. Nick Gordon, five Schwarber's to the fourth Twins. fourth overall? Yeah. Yeah, remember, he was drafted as a catcher out of Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nick Gordon, five to the Twins. He's just kind of getting his feet wet now. Yeah, yeah. As a role player. 
Alex yep. Jackson, outfielder to the Mariners out of Rancho Bernardo High School in California. Aaron Nola, seven there to the go. Phillies. Kyle Freeland, eighth, the hometown kid to okay. the Rockies. Number nine, Jeff Hoffman to the Blue Jays, right-handed pitcher out of East Carolina. And number 10 was Michael Conforto to the Mets out of Oregon State. So you got about, it's a flip a coin situation in that so, draft. 50-50 probably. I mean, you have you have four really good major leaguers, one of whom is any, even playing this year in Conforto. But that just kind of shows you the wackiness of the draft. That's the way it goes. It's crazy. It is the way it goes. <clears throat> All right. Home run derbies tonight. We will be there with our John Boy Media brethren. We cannot wait. We will be in the outfield. Are you bringing your mitt? Of course I'm bringing my mitt. Do you ever see me at a ball no. game without my mitt? <clears throat> Never. I'm Never. a ball player. Chris, okay. I don't know if you know this. I'm a world-class athlete. I always yes. bring my tools. Okay. Good. Thank you. Excellent. You didn't have it at the party last night. I brought my tool to the party. What's the most interesting storyline <laughs> of the home run derby tonight? Oh, shoot. There's a lot of good ones. I, I think it's Pujols, man. I, I want to see how he does. I know we're expecting him to flounder, but dude, I don't think that's going to be the case. And more and more I think about it, like it just has, it has that story written all over it. Like that, that doesn't make any sense, but I just said right there, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a great story in there. <laughs> and most of the time in events like this, that story comes to light. Like, I'd love to see Albert take out somebody. Like, is there, are there rounds yet? Do we have the rounds yet? Or like, yeah, it's him, and, it's him and Schwarber. Good Gosh, luck. Schwarber, Schwarber's so good at this. Dang it. He's already hit hoping... 17 homers and hasn't gotten out of bed yet. I know. I know. But, dude, that's the thing. Pujols takes out Schwarber. Like, it could happen 100%. Cannot happen. It won't. I mean, it can. Yes, it won't. Uh, okay. I, I want to know. Should we treat this like golf? And should we move the fences in for Albert a little bit? Should we let him like oh my God. use different tees? No. Chris, my official, st- did I ever give my official stance on this, on this show? I don't think I, I did. I don't know if you did either, Maybe actually. 685 homers, uh-huh. roughly. Yeah. This dude does not need the fences moved in whatsoever. And my, my take is... If you have over 600 home runs, okay, maybe even over 500 home runs, you should be able to raise your hand and say, I want in that derby, no matter what. And you come and compete. You might embarrass yourself, but you hit 500 homers. You hit 500 bombs in the show. You have an all-time pass to the home run derby. So it's like if If you lose, if you lose, you don't get to come back. So use your one time wisely my friend you're so it's a one-time exemption unlike if you're a master's champion you always get to come back they don't care if you're if you're 78 years old and you want to go on to no we don't need all that you but you want to come in and and put your bat on the table with the big boys because you've done it before i'm all in favor of that so ken griffey jr wants to come down tonight and take a couple of hacks he's in think about that how How awesome awesome that would be you know it would be great is if he was paired against Julio Rodriguez. Are we just, can we be in MLB's network and say, hey, this is what we're doing to help the game? My goodness. We give these ideas out for free all the time. I do think they should. Now, I, I think, first of all, I love it that they put a clock on home run derby. 
it's so good. The timeout, you're trying to strategize when to use it. The guys come out with the towels and the water and the Gatorade and all that sort of shit. Like, it's fun. I think Albert should get an extra timeout, and I'm not joking. I think based on, like, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 20s, you get one timeout. If you're in your 30s, you get two timeouts. And if you're in your 40s, you get three. I like it. I like that. You know, maybe we can give him a 20. We can give him a 20, like in the NBA. I'm going to use my 20, guys. But think about this. Ken, yeah, we'll use Ken as the example. Griffey's like, hey, guys, he announces in early June, I'm doing the derby. We get the behind-the-scenes video of him working out, getting his swing back in. Like, he on the field, let's see, can he still clip it? Oh, he's hitting bombs. Like, this, it writes itself, man. Yeah. Okay. Last thing before we get out of here. Who in the hell of the marketing world in minor leagues, and I know they've got some great stuff, decided it was a good idea for the Kenosha Kingfish mascot to try and tackle A.J. Dillon of the Green Bay Packers. We got the video up? Oh, my gosh. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Is he okay? I don't know. If you're just joining us audio only, please get to our YouTube channel or go find it on Twitter and just type in A.J. Dillon and Kenosha Kingfish. The head of the mascot is hilarious when it flies Gone. off. What's I mean, does he have pads like, dude, like that is a broken sternum waiting to happen. A.J. Dillon is an absolute beast. A.J. Dillon's ass and quads are so big. They they wouldn't make it through. You know, when you put your baggage on the little scale thing and it has okay. to be under 50 pounds. If he just cut off his ass and each one of his quads, they would not allow that baggage. That's, I mean, those are some serious, I mean, serious. Look at those things. You've been thinking about that for a while, huh? Oh, man, he's a beast. And this is ridiculous. Like, did that dude have to sign a waiver? I'm sure he did, because. And by the way, I can't imagine the. I can't imagine the Packers were thrilled, you know, like 10 days from camp opening. All of a sudden, A.J. Dillon is out there piling through Kingfish. Do you think he's like saying, hey, feed me the ball? Like, I know Jones is good, but I'm kind of better. Hey, they know. They know. They know. They're good. Yeah, they, they. They'll, they'll be fine. They're going to turn a new running team now. With is he better than Aaron Jones? No, because Aaron Jones really catches the ball great out of the backfield. But AJ Dillon, do a little bit, yeah. No, he's he's come a long way. He's come a real long way. He didn't catch anything in college at Boston College, nothing. But this is not a football show. Uh, so we're looking forward to um, what, what do you have on John Boy Media besides the home run derby? Driving right after this, go to the house where the boys are at. We're going to record talking baseball live together. That's mm-hmm. going to be I don't even know what kind of show we're about to put on people because. <laughs> Jake was a mess last night. I'm still kind of a mess. We'll see. But we got that. Yeah, then the Home Run Derby. A lot of content coming out. Behind the scenes, Bill was with me yesterday at the draft. So we'll put some stuff out. I actually played hacky. Oh, I don't want to say anything. Whatever. No. I played hacky sack. I played hacky sack with a first rounder in my suit before the draft. An amazing experience. If you know me, you know that was an amazing experience for me. So That's cool. Very nice. Go. Latest episode of the Rose Rotation, uh, the Mariners. When they, you know, they've won 14 in a row. 
At the time of our interview with their closer, Paul Sewald, they had won 11 straight. Uh, he's very funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Interesting dude. Um, and uh, well worth listening to. You know, there's a lot of I know there's Mets fans out there who are like, well, fuck that guy. We dig it. We do a whole deep dive into it. What went wrong for him in New York? Why he was kind of shit talking to the fans when they were out there? Uh, he's known Chris Bryant forever. They went to college together. Uh, he's a couple years older than Bryant, but he, you know, he knows he's known Harper since Harper was seven. He, he was playing on teams with him. He's got the whole Las Vegas thing. So Where did Chris Bryant go to college. They went to San Diego, not San Diego State, but San Diego. So, yeah, interesting stuff. And then I'm looking forward to the Derby. That's going to be fun. And then don't forget about our watch party, which is coming your way tomorrow. Yeah. Can't wait. We got a couple days ahead of us. I know we do. That's why I probably can't go out tonight after the Derby. Old man needs some sleep. Needs some shut eye. There you go. All right, well, listen, that'll do it for this edition of Baseball Today, presented by Shady Rays. For our outstanding producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco, and our summer intern, Alden Stone, that is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday, the day of the Midsummer Classic, for Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.